Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, we're at KOH 2020, the Talent Tank. We're filming down here in Lasertown this morning, and it is a cold morning early in the week. We've got Brian Crofts with us. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, we're wonderful. As you guys see in the background, we are at Lasertown. Cody Wagner is so, so, so uh, nice to let us uh, partake in his facilities here. He's given us carte blanche access. I love the guy. Um, come to know him really well this week he's really nice and it's so cold outside that uh we're shooting inside this morning yeah, it's nice to be inside yeah well brian nice to meet you nice uh, to meet you officially I've, yeah i've followed you for for some time now as you kind of popped up on on the radar of many off-roaders as uh being tied to bailey campbell you guys are engaged now correct how long have you, how long have you guys been engaged um eight, almost seven, a year? seven seven months eight months yeah so, how did how did you do it? Uh, Mexico at uh, the uh, San Felipe Ultra Four race. Nice, so, nice tying it in. Yeah. And how long have you guys been together? Um, coming on a year a and a half. Year two years? and a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So the question that I have had people ask me that knew that I was going to interview you is: when you guys do get married, are you going to hyphenate? Or not hyphenate. <laughs> I hopefully she's going to. I'm she's not. going to. <laughs> it won't be because that's like the this like long going joke this is about uh, is Brian Campbell. It's, yeah, yeah. They've already put my name on the car as Brian Campbell and trailer as Brian Campbell. But you know, you're such a good sport. I go I, with it. I think that's a good testament to who you are that you're a good sport about it. That someone's got to play you. with it. Yeah, the Campbell dynasty is something else. There's a that's such a a great family. We we we'll definitely get there. So. You were not new to, to, to rock sports at all. I, I, I didn't realize how far back you went, but, yeah, you've, you competed in King of the Hammers 2009. Correct. Yeah, I came out 2009. Um, I got into, uh, got into it through uh, We Rock. So competed in We Rock for a couple of years before KOH, before 2009, and um, saw that magazine that came out with in 2008. I think Crawl came out with, with uh, the King or something like that, and... Shannon was on it or someone was on it and that got me all interested in it and I wanted to go race. It sparked the it sparked the fire in so many of us that started yeah. making this trek out here. Had no idea yeah. what it was. <laughs> that is that, yeah, right? And so you were you're like a Northern California guy? Yep. Yep. Where are you where were we from? Novato. Novato. So Novato, California, like thirty miles north of San Francisco. Oh, so like like wine wine country. Pretty close. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a beautiful beautiful part of the world. But today you live in Queens Creek. Queen Arizona? Creek, Arizona. Queen Creek, out of plural. Yep, Queen Creek, Arizona. Not King Creek? Nope. If Shannon nope. lived there, would Shannon make him change it? Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. And then you are a uh, your sheriff's deputy? Correct. I work for San Francisco Sheriff's Department. That's that's pretty awesome. But I think you're in a, if I understand right, you're like in a transition. You, uh, you got injured on the job. Yeah, I got injured on the job about two and a half years ago, and uh, just been in the process of uh, slowly retiring out of the out of the sheriff's department. So, and, and rehabbing, and and what happened? Um, got in, a, broke up a fight with a couple of inmates, and ended up breaking a wrist and um, having a couple of surgeries, and lost a lot of movement in my my wrist, and uh, 
I can no longer be at 100% with my wrist, so I can no longer continue to be a sheriff. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And you loved yeah. it. I loved it, yeah. I never I never wanted to be one, but once I became, once a buddy of mine became a sheriff, I got involved in it, and um, I kind of just fell in love with it. Not for the power or anything. I just loved socializing with people. I, mean, I had more fun, you know, shooting shooting the talk with all the inmates or people on the street just had a bunch of fun. Well, I, th- I think that goes, you know, without saying for a lot of people, you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. I, I mean, I still don't know what I want to be when yeah. I grow up, but <laughs> you, you find yourself in a situation where you're like, yeah, you know what? I'll try that. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, I fail and I have a learning experience from it yeah. or I love it or I'm like, meh, I move on to the next thing. So you found it, you loved it. And then you get hurt. And I think I was given a phrase about this uh, that is uh, if you train and live your life to kill dragons and no, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and there's no more dragons to kill, what are you going to do? It's a sad day, right? Yeah, it's <clears throat> that's been the hardest thing is to basically just figure out what I'm what I can do now. You know, I have a lot of different limitations as far as job require or my abilities to to work. So it's tough to think of what I can do and what I what I can't do. You know, I mean, like being told I can't be a sheriff anymore really sucks. It's heartbreaking. I can believe that. But since then, in going through your rehab, it seems like what I've noticed is you've immersed yourself in racing. Yes. As a very good outlet. And did you have your four? So you started racing uh, in 09. You took a bunch of time off with basically life. Yep. <laughs> and knowing that, that back then it was there was no multiple classes it was one class yep. and shannon who you know soon to be father-in-law he brought out his ifs car that year and in 2009 unveiled it and it, it, I mean, it blew people's minds and you stepped back and said i want to be a champion i can't be a champion in that situation so you stepped away but then you came back to rock sports when we ended up with multiple classes Yep. You stepped into 4,500? 4,500. 4,500 with a Jesse Haynes car. Yeah, his old, his very first uh, 45 car that he built. How cool was it to drive that car? It, I mean, it handled amazingly. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, not only is it fast and, and nimble, but, you know, it's a rock crawler. Jesse competed in that thing, and we rock and got, I think, like third in pro mod class in that thing. So I'm, <clears throat> it crawls, it wheels, it drives. Um, Jesse's got a amazing talent he likes to package things tight though so they're not the the best the the easiest to prep correct yeah and i mean he's an awesome guy every every any question i had with the car i mean i could call him up and he'd tell me anything about the car so it was kind of nice getting back into the sport not knowing kind of what i was getting myself into and having someone there to kind of help me handhold and basically lower and flatten out that learning curve That's all. <laughs> if there's anything that I've learned certainly in this community is that the the people sharing of knowledge it's very there's such this open sharing and the flattening of the learning curve leveraging of relationships and that standard and I've said this many times and someone else even gave me this but your you know future follower Shannon Campbell he truly is the guy that set that standard yeah. he set it. 15 years ago, hey, it's my junk, and whatever you want to know about my junk, and that's how he talks about my junk, yeah. uh, I'll tell you whatever you want to know, you, because you can do, you can build the exact same car, you can have the exact same car as me, 
and I know my talent level that I'll still beat you. And that's yeah. always what Shannon has always lived in stride by. And he set that standard for all of us. And it still, it still goes without saying out here. I think so. I mean, <clears throat> the other, the other cool thing about our community is we'll give each other, I mean, tips, help, um, parts, whatever, so that we can all be there on race day. Like that's a, that's yeah, a big one. I'd rather, I'd rather beat you on the, on the track than on the trailer. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's cool. You don't see that in circle track. You don't see no. that in drag racing. You don't see that anywhere, but here in 4,400 or, or here in, you know, hammer King style racing, ultra four racing. And I believe that you can trace back that DNA back to the way Shannon and how Shannon was viewed in the early years of the sport and still is today. But that he kind of set that standard, and everyone was also like, you know, that's the right thing, and that's how I am. And because you know, we were all wheelers, that and you wanted your buddy to be able to go wheeling on the trail with you, so we were already of the mindset that we we're sharing. Yeah, I mean, trail wheeling, we all want to go out and have fun and party and whatnot, and everyone hates it when someone else can't make it. So that's right. It's kind of the same thing here. I mean, we all we're a, we're a small group. You know, I mean, we're a big group, but we're small and community-wise, and we want to see everyone go out there and, and play. And I think that's the biggest thing, like, with when I first got that car from Jesse, is he wanted to make sure that car was out there and, and would help me make sure the car was ready. So, no, nah, that's it's legit. And then somewhere there, you raced a little – you raced that car for About a half, year and years. a half, yeah. And you're like, okay, I need to – I need some big boy pants. Well, after, after the – I raced it at the 50th at Mint 400. And after that, that was the last time I wanted to get in that car. So I literally, on the way home from the Mint, put the car for sale and um, called Randy and said, hey, uh, I want to build a IFS car. So, And that was effectively a like a two-seat Red Dragon that, yeah. that, that, that Randy and company over at Jimmy's 4x4 there in Cortez built for you. Yeah, correct. We took um, kind of some of the, the look that I wanted – and put it into that chassis. So I wanted some different looks to it. Um, not necessarily for dynamics of the vehicle, more of aesthetic, um, which really changed the look of that car. But we put a different tail section on it than some of the other um, two-seat dragons that are out there. Uh, we put the newest updated front end on it. Um, we lowered you know, the motor, transmission, transfer case as low as we could. We did a lot of little things to that car to make it set aside from the others. It was super stable. It was like... Um, I, just visually looking at it, I, I don't know what tape is, but it looks like it's about 93, 94 inches wide. It was 92. 92. 92, 92 and a half, depending on how much camber. Yeah, so it, it was a, a wide vehicle. And yeah. what was the ultimate wheelbase? Um, 121, 122. Yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Bailey. 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 Oh, you're fine. You're fine. And what was the wheelbase on that car? Is one twenty five ish? One twenty one and a half to one twenty two. Okay, just depending on ride height and whatnot. Well, when I saw your San Felipe video of your qualifying in that car, there was a there's a huge step down on that qualifying course, and you went into it sideways, you went off of it sideways, the opposite sideways, yeah. and you landed the other sideways. <laughs> never lifted cut the wheel, drifted the turd, and just flat out peeled out. And it was at th- it was that moment where I was like, one, that car is sick. Two, you are a very good driver. Like, you 
most guys would have lifted and there was no lift. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, going back again to motorcycle days, you know, being on a bike and, uh, also, you know, there's a lot of, I have other background as far as racing, road racing and whatnot. And I think a lot of that comes just back from being in the seat and see the pants feel no replacement for seat time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Pre-interview, we talked about that you're a, you're a bike guy. Yep. And I keep finding these guys that the, your guys that are out here racing ultra four that are fast on the rocks, they're all dirt bike guys. This is uh <laughs> yeah, not just, not just motocross, but hair scrambles and enduros. So we'd be out on the bike for, you know, four or six hours out on the trails. So I think that plays a huge part. Just reading lines. Yeah. And if you can, you know, on a bike, you've got to look for what the simplest way through. Right. Correct. And, and it's not just about the rock in front of you. It's about 15 rocks in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And if you can train your mind for that, which I think that's the hard, that's one of the hardest things, you know, especially for a lot of people that don't have that mindset. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of great drivers out there, but I don't think they have that same mindset sometimes as far as some of the others with the picking the lines, you know, it just comes back to what they did as a kid or maybe what they did prior to this, this racing. And they just don't see it. Yeah. They just don't see, like it's, it's a maze and a dirt bike rider can see his way through the maze. The other guy, he's only looking one, two turns right in uh, front of him. Yeah. No, it's, it makes complete sense. I was always okay in the rocks. I was never great, but I also didn't suck at it. Uh, but I was also only okay in the desert yeah. too. So I was never super fast or super slow. The other thing I think though is there's a lot of, like you look at Shannon, you look at uh, the levels, et cetera. I mean, their background in rock crawling is extensive. And you put them in a fast car, they already know how to pick lines through rocks. So not necessarily is it always a dirt bike, but maybe a rock rock crawler back in the day those guys can really wheel and pick a good line yeah you bring up shannon again shannon likes to bash through stuff though. <laughs> so there's yeah. a little bit of that like uh I, I thought that line was a good line it wasn't a good line but i made it work you know <laughs> like like he's all he's never scared of the skinny pedal so yeah you ran that 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 nelson uh you cut the spark cable sorry <laughs> so you ran that jimmy's car for some amount of time and during that time period you uh you met bailey i did yeah um so while while the car was being built um i knew it would be built for koh of last year so 19 um i uh, borrowed a car from dave cole to race nationals and so i could qualify for koh and uh at nationals i uh was at the banquet and saw bailey and thought she was you know beautiful and whatnot and I have a buddy that's a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dave Hollywood, and uh, Hollywood's laid down some groundwork for me. You know, said message Tammy and whatnot, and said, "Hey, I got a buddy that really is interested in your daughter and this and that." And Bailey and I just uh, started talking, and that was it. it. Off, yeah, yeah, because you know, from the outside looking in, uh, or from the inside looking at, however you want to think about it, a lot of us in this community in the sport have seen bailey grow up so she's always been this you know the, this little girl but she's not she's this fiercely competitive firecracker yeah. driver fiercely competitive woman she's sweet as can be when she's out of the car out of the car yeah <laughs> but in the car i mean i'm gonna you know to handicap it she i mean you any a lot there's a lot of people that are gonna take to start on the 4400 race that have a chance at winning 
winning the king, winning the scepter, but she may be the first queen that wins the king. I think she could. I, think she, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind she could. I mean, she's learned from the best, and she's put her own spin on things. I mean, she knows how to control the car a little different than her dad, per se. Yeah. She's a cool customer. Okay. Uh, that's what I would call her in the seat. She's, she seems to... I don't know what goes on in her head and what goes on in that car, but she seems to be a very cool and collected mindset when she's behind the wheel. She I, is. You don't see her taking, uh, you know, crazy risks. No, she uh, she sits back backs and or sits back and thinks about the line a little bit more than you know, say her brother, or her dad. You know, so that's, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. So you guys. Uh, you guys, st- st- well, I guess where I went with that was it was very interesting to see, you know, a guy, her to have uh, a suitor in you um, from inside the community looking at her. It's no surprise that it was probably going to happen, but yeah. when it did happen, there was a lot of protective dads out there. Oh, yeah. Not, not, and just not in a Shannon. It was kind of everybody, like the whole community is like, what? Well, I think Shannon was the most acceptant. You know, I mean, he, he uh he took me right in. Um it was the others, you know, uh Nick Campbell was was a little scary to meet for the first time. Um you know, but then everyone in the race community would give me, you know, grief about it and really see what I was looking for out of what we were doing, you know, right. if I was just there to be there or if I was actually looking for something serious. So And and I think you proof is in you know actions not words and as everyone started to see how happy bailey was and is and to continue to see her how happy she was it became very apparent that you were clearly a good guy that you're clearly treating her well she was clearly getting out of the relationship things that she needed and you were as well and everyone's backed off like okay we can Un, you know unruffle our feathers we can sit back down okay this guy's good intentions good guy it was kind of funny to funny and cool to see that that how many people were like whoa 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 <laughs> that's bailey yeah that, that's rethink this buddy <laughs> oh i i got i got a quite a few talks and then once everything was good everyone backed off but then i got a bunch of you know grief about the brian campbell and the all that good stuff. I think that's just all in good fun. That's oh like, yeah. Like I, I believe that they wouldn't. No one would make fun of you if they didn't like you. Correct. Right. 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 They're only giving you a hard time because they like you. If they didn't like you, know, it, and that's the thing. Like if somebody stops giving me a hard time or doesn't give me a hard time about something, I already know. Like well, you know, they probably don't like me. Well, that was or, the thing. I think once they accepted it, then it just became having fun with me. Right. You know, and then yeah, that's some ribbing. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, with all the stickers in the shop, you know, it was easy oh, yeah. to start putting uh, Brian Campbell on uh, on race cars. Yep. Yeah, that that's happened. <laughs> Stampede of last year. Yeah. Yes. And the trailer. And the trailer. Oh, did they they put it yeah, on the, on the uh, trailer? Man, that's just you're, you're in. Hey, I mean, any publicity is good publicity, right? People have said that. <laughs> People have definitely said that. So at some point in there, you decide my Jimmy's chassis is not doing what I want it to do. And you start talking to Shannon and Waylon and Bailey about uh, um, building. I don't, I don't know car. if I could ever say that the Jimmy's card wasn't doing anything. I didn't want it to do. Um, there just, there was uh, different benefits I could see uh, between the two cars. You know, uh, that car that I had from Randy, hands down, probably one of the fastest two, two seat cars 
I've probably ever seen. Um, now, yeah, it was lower center gravity, lower uh, flatter belly, lower belly. So yep. wide, long, stable. Correct. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing is once I started uh, becoming in the family and go pre-running with everyone, I started noticing the differences of the belly heights. And that's when I decided I really wanted to do a single-seat car. And whether it had been a uh, another Jimmy's car or, you know, having Shannon do one, uh, that was my that was my goal um, was to basically go single-seat, get a little bit more belly clearance. That way I was, wasn't dragging on the rocks, getting high-centered. Um, and then it became – hey, why not just build the same car as everyone else? That way we all have the same parts. Yeah, no, right? Because my old car, I couldn't share parts with anybody except for other Jimmy's cars. So um, it just was tough within our little camp. So With inside the dynasty. Correct, the dynasty. The, the dynasty. <laughs> you guys just finished that car. It's out here today. Yep. We actually drove it to the interview today, but because of cold, we were inside. But uh, 31 days start to finish. Yeah. Is that right? Correct. It's the number I heard. Yeah. I think that's a testament to many things. I think first it's a testament to the planning and pre-planning that Matt Taylor did in designing the car and yep. and the layout and so much of that car. It, it was built, its digital twin was built over the course of years. Well, Wayland's got the twin to it. Yeah. And that was that was designed. It took about two and a half years to design, right? Now, and th- and that's what I mean the di- yep. the digital twin. Now Correct. we have physically we have two physical twins today, but the digital twin, the all the CAD files, all Correct. the designs as the AutoCAD is you can model it. Matt had a ton of time making it to the point that when you hit enter on to hit print, <laughs> yep. so to speak, and uh, you start cutting out plate and cutting out tube and positioning and creating jigs for it that because of all that pre-work you can see the physical work crank out so quickly i mean from time to laying out the first tube to the time the chassis was fully welded was two days three days uh we had the we had the table the jigs and the base of the chassis done in a half a day yeah and then it was just start stacking and it's, tubes it's no longer this okay i want the okay this needs to be 15 and 5 eighths and you cut well, it and go over and tube notch it it's of, of course there's you know always a little hand clearancing m- massaging yeah. things that things that look correct in the computer that didn't look that just didn't matt, matt is very precise and i think that's the problem with matt sometimes is it'll be a 16th but a 16th in the computer clears but a 16th in real life may not may not, may not clear because Something else may be just a shift to just that yeah. 16th. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So, I mean, there's definitely. He's a, a little, perfectionist, he though. He and that's, really is. And that's what, that's what we love about him is how, you know, to detail he is about that stuff. And that's what I found out as being uh, kind of taken in by the Campbell, Campbell crew for multiple times staying with them, multiple races hanging out with them, multiple times lending a hand and pitching in on the cars is meeting Matt and what he's done and who he is and how he accomplished what he is. I love that guy. Yeah. He's he's a character. He's a right he's I would say he's kind of quiet until you get to know him and then yeah. once you know him it, it's game on. Oh, and he'll I mean, he's he'll tell you how he feels too. That's absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you guys were able to crank that car out fairly quickly. What were the what were the pain points of it? Um for me just waiting. Just 31 waiting. days was too long. 
I wanted it now. Um, but, uh, you know, just parts, right? Getting parts is, is just always getting them in. Yeah. Trying to get them rushed. I mean, we've been, we collected parts, um, kind of right after nationals, um, just started the process of ordering and getting things ready. Um, but that was kind of the hardest part. And then also we, we changed the bulkhead on my car to a one piece billet bulkhead. And that was a tough one because that was a mid change. And we had to find someone that could actually machine that. Okay. So that was that was probably one of the bigger holdbacks that held the chassis back almost three weeks. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that'll slow you down. Yeah, we were hoping to have the car done, wired, and everything uh, at Christmas. But how much time have you had in the car now? Probably like twenty miles. Oh, okay. Shock tuning something. Yeah, I had sixty last year. But <laughs> but as we've learned from other multi car teams. Being able to leverage information, I had you know, talked to other Jimmy's guys like David Hartman and his car versus Cade's car yeah. are they're they're also physical twins that they were able to steal tunes. Once one car was tuned, they were able to basically steal the crib sheet for yeah. for theirs. We've seen it with uh, like like Lauren and some of the stuff that he's done with Von Git and some of the stuff that he's done. The the being able to leverage teammates running similar or same chassis, correct. And so your car, even though it's a brand new car, fully new, you guys don't not only have Matt's digital twin, you also have Wayland's physical twin sitting Correct. there that you can leverage off of. So it's almost turnkey competitive. Yeah, and we used um, we used a lot of the information we got from Bailey's car as far as spring rates and valving and stuff to put in Wayland and my car because uh, Wayland hasn't had any time in his car either. So our car has literally just hit the lake bed and got shock tuning. So we're both. See, I didn't know that about Wayland. So that's, yeah, we're uh, both new. Oh, this is going to be fun. <clears throat> so we both have about the same amount of time in the car. Wow. Okay. This. That, so yeah. so after coming exiting the UTV race. Yep. Now you guys have loaded all the UTVs up, and they're gone. Going they're back gone. Home. They're on their way to Phoenix. They're going back to uh, Gilbert. Yep, Gilbert. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> I, I've been there a few times, but yeah. So and Shannon's got to be happy that all those trail fleas are. Yes. Out of the pit space. The big cars can all come in. And you guys are about to the point of needing like a second or even third 18-wheeler. I think so. Yeah. What? How many cars were you able to fit in the 18-wheeler this time? We can fit three. So the problem is, is the cars are getting bigger, longer wheelbase, heavier, wider, et cetera. So we can no longer fit three of the big cars per se in the, in the, in the two semi. cars and a razor, two cars and a razor, especially coming through California. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> 55, stay alive. Yep. And and weights and all the stations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you guys are, yeah, you're in, the, Campbell's truly in the expansion mode. Yeah. I, I think that's very cool. Well, I think it's cool, too, because, you know, like I said, we did our car in 30, my car in 31 days. Wayland's was 37. So, it's just cool that we both have about the same amount of time in the car, same amount of time building the car. So, it'll be fun to see how well they do together. Well, you can already say you're faster <laughs> by six days. Yeah, right? Yeah. Sorry, Waylon. And powder-coated. Yeah, sorry, Waylon. You're, you're out. I know this sounds, it maybe sounds awkward of how the relationship kind of began and how and where it's going and how it has ended up, but uh, many people set up partnerships and, and you know, and 
this multi-team, multi-car team thing. We've seen it with uh, other people doing it for various reasons, being one is good with marketing, one is good with the racing, the building, and the prep. Yep. And then you've you've kind of came in and you kind of married into it, but how cool is the ability to leverage the the Campbell dynasty of partners? I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. I had a lot of um, connections prior to becoming part of the Campbell group. Um, but now that I'm involved with them a little bit more, it definitely uh, is a little bit more of an eye-opener on how quick things can get done um, and as well as how many more people want to step up and help out a little bit more you know, in the car and help with the car. So yeah, I mean their te- their team is it's just not them. They're the drivers, but you've yeah. got if you walk into y'all's pit this week, all the guys I walk through and like knowing them, like in there's ten people working on each car and working their way down yeah. down the line. And so from that standpoint, it's really cool to leverage up to ensure that each car is ready because everyone shares in the success of it. It's no longer just you and your garage Correct. prepping or you and your co driver prepping, and then you have to make some concessions to get somebody to help split pits and all that. Well, I look at it as, you know, I came from working in the garage and having, you know, some buddies come over with some beer and help them prep the car to coming out and going under a semi truck awning and having people asking what they can do to my car. And I always tell them, make sure their car is done, is done first. You know, I always want to make sure their stuff's done before they even come, even come close to touching my stuff. But I just, I feel weird. It just, it's, it's mind blowing on how their crew comes out and will just rip their cars apart and put them back together in a matter of no time. And, and they know the cars. That's yeah. the other thing because those guys have all been together for a decade plus yep. out here for every race. And then as we get closer to the 4,400 race, more and more people come out of Phoenix and, oh yeah, and, and start pitching. And this year, Shannon didn't wreck the car in pre running or qualifying. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sorry, shoot, you know, let me knock on wood. Yeah, we qualify tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry that, you know, Hammer King is going to run that little clip after it, something happens. Um, wow, um, Wyatt jinxed it. No, because that's what happened in eight, in yeah. 18. Yeah, Shannon, you know, went yard sailing after a photo shoot, and then we spent a bunch of time putting the car back together, and now oh, it's all hands on deck. Yeah, and we've, uh, what's what's been nice is, between both of us, we've collaborated with a bunch of different um, companies too, which they didn't necessarily get help from prior, but are now um, helping them as well. So um, it's just now that we have we have more people, even more people coming in and helping. So it's yeah, been, leveraging up your relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So like you know, we did a bunch of work on Bailey's car before pre-running and and whatnot. So we've just been utilizing everything we can. I love it. So you guys have a pretty good strategy even though you might not know what the strategy is is what i hear yeah probably miller ryan miller's probably got the strategy all figured out so i came by to see you last night because of the 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 storm that came through hammertown uh last night i came and i don't have very good sales signal out here at all so i came by to check on you and say hey we may move location which we did we we stayed at laser town but we moved inside (laughs) cody was less nice enough to let us move inside but I came by and you were already in bed, but I got to stand there and talk to Ryan for quite yeah. a while. And Ryan talking about kind of, and he is good about that. He is a logistical oh, yeah. guy. Uh, and, and he's got it down to a T. Oh yeah. This is multiple years of it. Multiple, multiple, multiple years of it. So you had 
co-driver time with Bailey recently. In a couple of cars. In a couple of cars. Tell us about that dynamic. Um, it goes good, actually. Yeah? You know, people people think that we argue or would argue a lot in the car. Um, our first experience in the car together was uh, UTV Nationals, I think. Okay. And she rolled me. And, uh, you know, but it was all fun. Uh, scared me. Those little things are scary to be a co-driver in. Yeah, because I'm, I'm one of those guys with many people I've talked to. If you're a driver making that transition to the right seat for anything is hard. Oh, yeah. It's not just what's going on and ensuring the eyes are dotted, T's are crossed, but it's also the motion sickness. It's the, you don't have, also you don't have control over yeah. where you're going. So sometimes you want to just focus on the GPS, then that makes you sick. It's well, I think, I think it's been, it's been good. Um, we've, I think our only argument we ever got into was at the thousand this year. Um, I lost the GPS on my side and I didn't know where we were going. I mean, we kind of, I kind of knew because it was a section that we weren't allowed to pre-run. They had it closed down because of the big rainstorm and yep. everything down there. So we didn't really get to run that section, and it didn't get loaded in our GPS. So as soon as we hit that section, it went blank, and it was just basically calling corners when you could. And we just we already been in the car for a long time, and we just. Got in a little squabble, and I sat in the passenger seat and in the co-driver's seat and didn't say anything for about a half hour and, you know, just you know what sat I th- there. You know what I think <laughs> is cool is, so when, I'm sure this happens to you guys when you're, when you're driving on a normal vehicle and you're talking. I like to drive and look forward. I'm not sitting, in the, or if I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm talking to my wife and she's driving, I'm still looking forward. But that's not how she works. She wants to turn and look at me. <laughs> and talk to me or turn and look at me and she's talking to me like this well when you're in the race car you have the hans on bailey yeah. can't turn nope. she can't turn <laughs> look through my head <laughs> Ryan, uh, listen to me. <laughs> look at me yeah it's been it's been fun uh she 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 really doesn't need a co-driver i don't think so anymore i think her time with terry i think terry really terry helped her out a bunch a lot yeah got her got her to you know really Learn the car. You I think know, have confidence in her herself. Yeah, I think she's and then has the innate ability and the innate talent. I think it's obviously in their yeah. blood. And it's been in their blood for you know, generations at this point. Being now a second generation racer and growing up with her father racing and all the time that he had, and she just took to it, you know, very well. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, Terry. I think Ryan, Ryan and her were really good and took her to a certain point. And I'm no knock on Ryan. I love yeah. Ryan so much. And then Terry, it feels like Terry's experience took her to that next level. But then even at that point, she has outgrown Terry even. Which I, think, is cool. I think it's good to say, yeah, or, or fair to say. I mean, uh, she's definitely, I think it is good to have a co-driver though. Um, because she does, does have the Campbell blood in her. So, you know, she does like to get a little She's heavy a firecracker. Yeah. Yeah, she is a firecracker. So, it is good to settle her down a little bit here and there. It, talk well, they, that's what they say or the the saying is you have a good co-driver can talk the driver down off a thousand cliffs or a thousand ledges. Yeah. And or 10,000 ledges in the case of <laughs> King of the Hammers and 5,000 are real ledges, 5,000 are mental ledges, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's a full-time job. So you though your single seat car. How how do you think you're going to transition to the mental side of that game? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, 
I guess it'll be like being on a dirt bike again. Uh, just trust yourself. You know, I don't have anyone else to rely on to, to or eat, not even say rely on, but maybe just to get assurance on a line. Um, I had, I've had Ryan Miller in the car with me before. I've had, uh, Orrin Anderson in the car with me uh, and O-ring. Yeah. That's a Baja thousand winner right there. That guy, he, he is a quintessential co-driver. He's awesome. He yeah. taught me a lot last year at here at KOH. He was my co-driver last year and I learned a lot from him and, you know, it's just, I guess now it's just, uh, I can't rely on someone else to, to assure my right. thought process on where I want to go. I just got to pick it and go. Well, I, I've said this before on this show and I've talked about it some, but I believe that there's three factions of the race. There's the race between you as the driver and the other yep. competitors, the competition, and you can't control that. There's the race between you and mother nature, you know, the trails, what they are, what they are. And then there's the race between the driver and what's going on in his brain and yeah. overcoming that adversity that's going on in his brain. And when it's the team effort of having a co-driver, you can kind of quell some of those, uh, issues on the adversity, what's going on in the driver's brain. But when you're by yourself, it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, la- this last nationals was one of the first times I've been in the car by myself. Um, and that was different. Um, but that's, you know, nationals at Reno is, it's not a, it's a, say diverse course. It's, you can still see the grand from So it's almost short course. It's, but not. Yeah. And it, and it was, it was fine. Um, I mean, there's definitely just little things that I've, I've learned being by myself versus having a co-driver. Did you guys run, you guys run spotters? Uh, we're supposed to, right? We're supposed to yeah. always have a spotter in stands. Yeah. Um, but are we using them for, you know, cornering or whatever? Not really. We're using them more for, hey, there's a, there's a rock or there's a, a bottleneck in such and such rock section. Um, but I think, I think the single seat thing will be, will be good. It's just going to be tough relying on myself i'm excited to see your transition and i want to talk to you like after this race and see what happened to you mentally like get into your yeah. brain about uh, and maybe that's a we just circle up for uh for a 20 minute on okay brian how did <laughs> how did the transition go for you how was that race in your head well, versus yourself i think my and shannon always gives me grief about this but uh my outlook on on racing has always been just finish um and he calls me a hobbyist because I'm not there to I'm not there to win. Of course I want to win. But at the end of the day, I want to I want to finish. If I come all this way and I'm putting my own money out to get here and whatnot, I want to win. I want the biggest thing like last year, I just wanted to finish. I was stuck in low range for the basically the entire race. And my whole goal was to go across the finish line and see my dad. Like that's it. I would I all I want to do is finish. If I win, cool. If I finish, I'm even more pumped. It, it, a little bit of managing expectations. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure I can keep myself calm in the car, especially with the single seat car, you know, maybe not try and beat the car as hard as I may need to um, because I may get hung up, bellied up, axle, whatever. Um, maybe take a minute back up a little bit instead of just throttle down because I don't have maybe someone there helping me go around a line. So I think the hardest thing is just going to be mental, bringing myself back down. I, I think you're certainly of the correct mindset to go about this feat and, and taking on this challenge by doing it solo. I think you've, you've come to terms with exactly where you need to be mentally yeah. to pull that off. And that's, that's the first leap. Yep. Yeah. Well, and how cool would it be to finish in a brand new car again? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, or and, have one, two, three, four. Uh, hey, man, <laughs> hey uh, the odd, odds on that are very, very you know way out there. Vegas wouldn't even care those odds. <laughs> but the world would explode if you oh, guys yeah. pulled that off. Almost like Can Am pulling off every podium in the UTV. Knowing it's crazy. It's, yeah, that's uh, that's some impressive feat by uh, that manufacturer and those drivers. Well, man, Brian. Did we cover everything you kind of wanted to get out off your chest on this uh, little session? I think so. I, I do absolutely want to come back to you post-race in a few weeks or a month. If you've time, had time to sit down and process your race yep. and think about, rethink about it and rethink about it and the things that have kept you up at night and say, okay, let's go back and dissect this and what was the transition. I think that'd be I really, be really cool. And then people get to see that what the mental side looked like, like, well, we had a plan, and then the green flag dropped, and plan A. I think that's usually how it ends up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, to chasing you guys uh, here for the race on Friday. Really, really pumped for the Campbell clan, the yeah. Campbell dynasty. I hope uh, in you and Bailey that you guys can continue to push the dynasty, and that with you guys, you guys get to join Waylon and and his soon to be bride in the gen three campbell racing family well and then yeah we got river coming up so and river's already got grabbed that's, that's the steering a, wheel so yeah he is yeah <laughs> i mean of course i mean with Waylon as his dad of course he is i yeah. mean he's going to so i'm sure tammy will start putting the pressure on you and bailey very soon she probably already is well, <laughs> we'll deal with that when that time the, comes the the matriarch <laughs> all right brian good luck this week yep thank good you luck, good luck to the campbell crew all, all of you guys, what an amazing team. What an amazing family. You guys are such a tight-knit group and have set the standard by which a lot of teams are measured today. And it's very cool to see you oh, welcome open arms into that yeah. that group. All right. Well, look for us there for 2020. Absolutely. You guys are going to so. be killing it this year. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. And we're out. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into The Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at The Talent Tank or our website, thetalenttank.com.